mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, less than two weeks until those returns are due, we have last-minute filing tips and reminders for all those tax procrastinators, and you know who you are. Also this morning, Hancock Historical Museum Executive Director Sarah Sisser weighs in on the question of preserving Finley's past while building for the future and how to strike the right balance of both, which she says the city doesn't always do as well as it could. And happening around town, it's a Holy Week tradition. We have details on the St. Mark's Band of Brothers and Sisters Good Friday Community Breakfast. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. You probably heard about this uh, already because it's been all over the news. No, not talking about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about that story. You know what I'm talking about there. No, what I mentioned, uh, what we're talking about here is uh, Ohio's new distracted driving law. Um, can't be on your phone at all behind the wheel. It is now a primary offense, and you can be pulled over if uh, you are spotted manipulating your cell phone, holding your cell phone while you're behind the wheel. So uh, put it down, put it away. This is kind of interesting. A uh, Apparently, we need, there's going to be a six-month, what is it, six-month um, period where they won't actually cite people. They may pull you over. If you're found to be in violation, you'll be given a warning and all of that. So there's a bit of a grace period. And apparently we're going to need that because we're going to have to retrain our brains. A new survey of over 2,000 licensed drivers found that half of Americans use their cell phones while driving. Uh, This was uh, just out yesterday, and uh, I thought it was uh, very timely here, given the new Ohio law. Respondents feel the need to respond to family or friends, a need for information, or they are concerned that they will miss a call from their kids. Those are the primary distractors in the phone. We can can have teen drivers and kids encouraging their parents to practice safe driving behaviors and vice versa, according to researcher Amy Cox. I think it needs to go both ways. So get on your kids, kids, uh, get on your parents about uh, putting the phone down behind the wheel. Distracted driving, responsible for 3,000 deaths in uh, 2020, the latest year for which data is available, according to the Governor's Highway Safety Association in a statement. So this uh, half of uh, drivers uh, do this. And so, but can't do it uh, in Ohio anymore. You're going to be in uh, trouble. Did you see this? Speaking of putting your cell phone down, um, I'm not sure that this rises to the level of distracted driving, but the owner of a ramen noodle eatery in Japan has banned customers from using their phones um, at his restaurant. (laughs) He said it, it slows the whole process down. That's number one. And number two... He said he's concerned about the quality of the meals. He said he serves uh, customers there on their phones and so they don't eat right away. And uh, that's a problem because uh, the way ramen noodles uh, get mushy and soggy and stretch out and just get bad, uh, they're ruined after too many minutes in the soup. So he wants his customers to eat as soon as they are served for the, the tastiest ramen soup it's ramen noodle eatery in japan so it's they've got a no cell phone rule there too like i said maybe not as uh maybe not as dramatic as the distracted driving uh issue but 
<laughs> uh, it just seems to be a big backlash against uh, cell phone use. Here are, uh, according to the experts, uh, three ways to change your relationship with your phone. Uh, first of all, they say, turn your notifications off. Uh, app developers use sounds and pop-up messages to control you, so uh, use the phone's settings to block those pop-up notifications, and that will help you uh, use your phone on your terms rather than on the app's terms. So that's number one. Um, set your phone to grayscale. I thought this was interesting. Uh, instead of all of the colorful photos and designs and so on, uh, set your phone to grayscale, or what us old people would call black and white, thus relegating your phone to its proper role as a bland tool for coordinating your day rather than a colorful, in, uh, uh, iridescent alternative to the real world. Kind of interesting. I had never thought of it, but I bet that would work. I bet that would work. That would be uh, number uh, number two. And number three, decide how often you will check your most problematic apps and then move them to your last screen. You know, as you scroll through the various screens on your phone, put the ones that you are generally most tempted by at the back on your last screen. So uh, it takes a little more work to get to them. That'll help you break your your habit. App programmers use proximity to manipulate how you spend your day. Um, and this is a strategy to help you reclaim your life from the app developers. So three ways to change your relationship with your smartphone. I thought that was kind of interesting. And here is why we need to do this. Not only is, you know, this new distracted live driving law, and we know that we are spending too much time on our cell phones and, and all of that, but did you know uh, that... You, your, your smartphone can make you dumber. Now, there are lots of studies showing how distracted your cell phone can make you and how reliant we have become on the technology, on these little devices to remember the, these little details that we used to have our brain do, right? We, we had to, used to have to memorize people's phone numbers and memorize their addresses and memorize you know, these important tidbits of information. And now we don't have to do that anymore because our phones do it all for us. So it's making us dumber in that respect. But a new study also shows your smartphone can make you dumber even when it's not turned on. Researchers at the University of Chicago have published a study showing that having your phone next to you when you're doing something else can lead to brain drain. Just having it within close proximity. Um, in other words, your phone can distract you even if you are not swiping and scrolling. First, smartphones may redirect the orientation of conscious attention away from the focal task at hand and toward thoughts or behaviors associated with the phone. So, in other words, even if you are not on your phone, you're thinking about being on your phone. The research, and again, this is true even if the phone itself is off. The researchers say the only way that the subjects in their study were able to focus properly on tasks that they were supposed to focus on was if their phones were silent and in another room. Our data, they say, suggests that at least one 
uh, that there is at least one simple solution, and that is separation. Just separate yourself from your phone altogether. How about how about that? Yeah, interesting. And by the way, uh, you know, one other phone-related story here. Thought this was uh, kind of interesting. Um, you know, and and this jumped out at me because I I read that story about your phone distracting you even when it's not turned on, if it's just close to you. I can see employers <laughs> saying, "Don't bring your phone." To the office, leave it in the car, don't even bring it in, you know, because they're concerned that you might be uh, distracted. And don't tell your boss this, a study published in the International Journal of Psychophysiology suggests that breaks during the workday can have a negative impact on certain tasks. So those uh, 10-minute breaks that you get at at work, um, that is, that's not a good thing. That can actually negatively affect your work performance in an office-like setting. Researchers studied the impact of these breaks. Participants were men, ages 23 to 29, tested on cognitive tasks over the course of seven hours. Regular breaks seemed to induce mental exhaustion, which you think that it's just the opposite, that taking a quick break would kind of reset, refresh you. But no, it's just the opposite, they say. Uh, These breaks disrupted attention, learning, and focus. As it turns out, scheduling breaks is also a form of work. And the idea that tasks can be broken down to fit within a pattern of work breaks becomes a work-related task in and of itself, thus compounding the work pressure. Uh, At least according to these researchers. So... No phones, no breaks. That's the uh, the bottom line. No phones, no breaks at work. Sit down and get your work done and don't do anything else. Focus entirely on it. A lovely place to work that would be. Anyway, uh, so some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories uh, of the day to get is all of these phone-related stories out there. Here is uh, something that is um, not uh, phone-related. And I thought this was uh, rather interesting. Again, one of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. And I'm going to have to look this up uh, to see, to get a little bit more uh, details, uh, in-depth details on this. A new report finds that three cities in Texas are the tops in the nation for infidelity. Uh, According to this report from MyDatingAdvisor.com. (laughs) <laughs> which is my go-to source for relationship advice of all types, mydatingadvisor.com. But they find that three cities in Texas are numbers one, two, and three for people who are unfaithful to their partners. And the top three are Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston. One, two, and three, respectively, on the list of uh, most unfaithful cities. The uh, website based its scoring system on a wide set of criteria. I don't have the entire list here, and I don't know what other cities are on the list. It just listed the top three in this uh, news story uh, off of the uh, Newswire this morning. And I'm going to have to uh, look that up, mydatingadvisor.com. The attach- so bottom line, ladies, if, uh, <laughs> if your spouse or significant other comes home one day and says, Hey, what do you think about moving to Texas? 
beware, because there might be some hanky-panky going on. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Strong to severe storms are expected today, a high of 75. Showers and storms tonight, a low of 41. Strong straight line winds will be the main concern, but the storms could also contain large hail and a few tornadoes are possible. It'll also be a windy day in general with strong wind gusts even outside of storms. Remember, you can always get the latest forecast and watches and warnings on our website. This first week of April is National Public Health Week, and Hancock Public Health recognized those in the community who have gone above and beyond to advance their mission for community health and wellness. The health department honored Marion Township's Jeannie Plager as their 2022 public health champion for being instrumental in coordinating community immunizations and disease prevention. We serve the people. And in my heart, I just feel a calling to serve others. That's Jeannie talking with WTOL 11 at the ceremony in which Finley Hancock County Community Foundation was also honored. Get more on our website. New signs are going up along Ohio roadways reminding drivers to put their phone down. The new distracted driving law is now in effect. Drivers will have a six-month sort of pass before they are cited to make sure everyone really understands this law. The Ohio State Highway Patrol says they are out and they're watching. We're always looking for that violation of a distracted driving because it does, regardless of the age, put that put them, puts that person at risk, as well as the motor public around them on the highways at risk or the roadways at risk. We estimate that commitment to eliminate those distractions behind the wheel. I'm Tracy Townsend. The Ohio State football spring game is a week from Saturday, and ONN's Dom Tiberi has the latest on the quarterback competition. Much of the attention this spring has been on the quarterback race between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Coach Day breaks the competition down this way. You know, these guys are making mistakes just like any quarterback would. How quickly can they learn from those mistakes and grow? You know, it's very hard to tell sometimes in a practice like this. It's a little chaotic and everything like that. So it's all about decision making and moving the team down the field. The spring game will be played on Saturday, April 15th at Ohio Stadium. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So the deadline is April 18th, less than two weeks away, and yet millions of procrastinators still have not filed their returns for the 2022 tax year. If you are one of them, don't worry. There is obviously still time, and we're going to do what we can to make it as painless as possible this morning. Lisa Green-Lewis is with us once again. She is a CPA tax expert with TurboTax. Lisa, what advice do you have for those who haven't even started filing their taxes yet i would say don't worry there's still time to file um and then second gather all your documents in one place so your documents that report your income like your w2s 1099s you don't want to leave those out and also any forms or receipts that show expenses that can be worth deductible items and then also go online and e-file with direct deposit. That's the fastest way to get your tax refund. Especially at this point, since the closer we get to deadline day, uh, the longer it generally takes to get those refunds back. So uh, a very important point. Now, if folks have been paying attention over the past couple of months here, as we've been talking about uh, tax season, there 
uh, have been some key tax changes this season that people need to be aware of, some of which have directly resulted in, ref- in refunds that are about 10 to 11 percent lower on average this year, I'm told. So under the American Rescue Plan, there were provisions that were good for only tax year 2021, and those have reverted to pre-American Rescue Plan or either gone away. So for instance, the child tax credit, that was up to $3,600 for tax year 2021. It's reverted to $2,000 for this tax filing season. The child and dependent care credit, that's another example. If you had two or more kids, that was up to $8,000. That's gone back to $2,100. Yeah. So if you've claimed any of these provisions in tax year 2021 and you claim them this year, you may see a lower Uh, tax refund. Are there any other changes that people should be aware of so they're not caught off guard here as they're filing in these last couple of weeks? Um, There's some changes that could help you save on your taxes. Um, The Inflation Reduction Act, uh, it expanded some energy efficient credit. So if you put solar in your home, um, that is up to 30% of the cost. Or, and it also extended um, energy-efficient credits for putting things like windows, energy-efficient windows or doors in your home. And then also don't forget about those deductions that were increased for inflation. The Standard Reduction Act, that is $12,950. And if you're married filing jointly, it's 25900 so uh, some tax law changes uh, both ways that uh, may uh, that people will notice are going to be a little bit different this year. I know one of the reasons why people tend to procrastinate uh, is if something has changed this year versus last, something significant has changed. Maybe someone has changed jobs, started a, a, a new side gig. Um, maybe uh, invested in cryptocurrency for the first time, all of these things that we know can impact our taxes and we're just not sure how they're going to and maybe so we're just putting it off. So now that it's crunch time, what uh, tips or important things to know for any of those people who have had significant changes from their situation in prior years? Well, one thing to know through all of these changes, you can always find a tax deduction or credit that's going to help your tax situation. So, for instance, um, you mentioned uh, a side gig. You're considered self-employed, but just know that um, any expenses directly related to your business, you can deduct those and lower your self-employment taxes and your federal taxes. So expenses like from your marketing, advertising, and even travel, you would be able to deduct those. And then um, if you invested in crypto and you had a loss, you can offset that loss against your gain. And if you have a net loss, you can uh, deduct up to $3,000 against your ordinary income like wages. Mm. So uh, again, one of the reasons why, like you were saying at the very outset, it's so important to get all of those documents, all of the receipts, all of the information, uh, get it in one place where you can access all of that as you're going through the whole process of, of filing. Just being organized is key in this. Um, 
I know, obviously, you track this from the very beginning of tax season right up until April 18th. And I'm curious, what are some of the tax trends that you have seen uh, during this uh, filing season, really over the course of the past year? Obviously, a lot of ups and downs in the economy. Uh, How does that all manifest itself in tax season? Um, We did issue a tax trend report um, the beginning of this year for tax year 21, tax year 21. Um, And we saw a 10.2 increase in income. And we also saw that Gen Z and millennials, um, they switch jobs in employers more often. Hmm. Really interesting uh, data coming out of the uh, tax filings here. Okay, so like we said, uh, less than two weeks now. For those who are still a little apprehensive, nervous, um, worried about their filing, what options are available to those who maybe are looking for a little extra help, a little extra guidance with their returns? They could come to TurboTax. And they can either um, do their taxes themselves where they'll be guided, um, but we're no longer DIY. Um, you can hand your taxes off to our tax experts and they'll prepare your taxes for you. They'll even, we talked about getting organized, you'll even get help organizing your documents before they prepare your taxes. And that is available right up until tax deadline day? Yes, it is. And what if, worst case scenario, we can't file by the deadline uh, of April 18th? What if we need even more time? Um, You can file an extension, and uh, you have to file that extension by the tax deadline of April 18th. And just remember that that extension, it's not, it's only an extension to file your return, and it's not an extension to pay if you if you owe money so you want to at least make your best guesstimate and uh and pay that if you will end up owing uh even though you file for an extension so again a very important point there lisa green lewis is cpa tax expert with TurboTax. uh things to Keep in mind for those last-minute procrastinators, and you know who you are. Lisa, again, mention the website where folks can get more information. You can come to TurboTax.com. Simple as that. Lisa, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sarah Sisser is here from the Hancock Historical Museum talking about events uh, coming up throughout the uh, month of April. Got a couple of things to uh, talk about. First of all, of course, uh, another brown bag lunch lecture coming up tomorrow. And this is really an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. I'm actually um, particularly interested in hearing about this. This will be Dr. Cheryl Dong, who is a professor of public history at Bowling Green State University. And she's going to be speaking about the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, not just its history, but its development and how that was kind of a contentious thing in the 1930s, how hmm. uh, many people in Appalachia felt that that was threatening to sort of Appalachian identity. Really? Um, and so she'll hmm. talk about that and sort of the public discourse around that and then its future and sort of how it has ultimately, I think, bridged a lot of that uh, part of the country. Sure. Um, but that but that some of the traditions may have been lost. So mm-hmm. um 
I think that will be uh, particularly interesting, of course, not our our region necessarily, but um, a very interesting region of the United States. Although I think, uh, you know, whenever you talk about those types of things, measuring progress versus preservation of the past, uh, you know, that obviously can apply in any number of ways to to everyone. But in this context, it's hard to imagine. Uh, that region before the Blue Ridge Parkway and the Appalachian Trail. Yes, and all absolutely. Of that. So, and it yeah. does have str- such a strong identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, probably stronger than the Midwest in, right. in our identity. And so. and what's interesting is uh, with that, obviously, uh, you know, there were some concerns, as you said, uh, but the tourism that has created has generated an awful lot of wealth. For absolutely. That and so. so, you know, that Blue Ridge Parkway stretches from the Shenandoah right. to um the the smoky mountains national park and mm-hmm. i it's millions of visitors right and it's so. probably saved a lot of those communities yeah. uh over the so years it's always so, a give and yeah. take as you say and and that absolutely relevant yeah to today very interesting stuff and that is uh tomorrow at noon right that's at noon and it is just three dollars if you're not a member of the museum it is always free to come to the brown bag lectures if you are a member of the museum um come in see some of the exhibits we have as well if you if you make the trip to come see the lecture it's a great way to spend your lunch hour um, and we do encourage you to get there just a little bit early so that you can sure. get yourself a seat. By the way, speaking of membership, you were rolling out some membership uh, benefits, some enhanced membership benefits this month? We are. We have our annual meeting and our member appreciation reception on the 19th of April. And um, we're really excited about some some additional benefits that we've been able to create for our members. So we've just recently become um, a North American Reciprocal Museum Institution. And so some folks who are frequent flyers of museums throughout the country might be familiar with that program, but that will allow our members of a certain membership level and above to be able to have reciprocal benefits with thousands of museums throughout the country and some of like the heavy hitter museums as Mm -hmm. well. So um, the High Museum in Atlanta, of course, the Toledo Museum of Art, Cleveland Institute of Art, Detroit Institute of Art. Um, And so by having a membership at our museum and supporting our museum, you will get those benefits of free admission um, and whatever else might come along with those membership benefits to those other institutions throughout the country as well. That's terrific. And uh, as we've said before, we think about this right around the uh, end of the year, uh, the holiday season and the and the first of the year is the time to join, but you can join anytime. Absolutely. Those are rolling memberships. So anytime, and it makes a good, it makes a good gift as sure. well. Yeah. Um, I think. For, Especially with those enhanced benefits. Absolutely. So uh, certainly that will pay for itself if you are someone who travels regularly and um, enjoy seeing some of those cultural institutions throughout the nation. So how do folks uh, become a member? Absolutely. You can go on our website at HancockHistoricalMuseum.org. You can stop in and we'll walk you through the process or give us a call at 419-423-4433. Another big event coming up uh, later on in the month of April. Earth Day is on the way, and you have something going on in conjunction with that, I understand. We do. So Earth Day is April 22nd, and on that day, we will have a big Earth Day celebration, family-friendly celebration from 5 to 8 in the evening. And we will have several other local nonprofits joining us that evening. We'll have the Maza Museum, um, the Hancock Parks District. We will have the uh, Public Library and Ohio Department of Natural Resources. And they will all bring activities. We'll have some great activities. Lots of fun giveaways for the kids. Um, The first 50 families that come through the door will also get a free new children's book um, in honor of Earth Day. And we're really grateful to um, the Bonneront and Barchant families. This is being made possible by an educational fund that was set up in memory of Richard Barchant.
Okay, uh, so mark that on your calendar for Earth Day on April the 22nd, and more information about all of those uh, happenings on the website, right? Yes, always uh, lots of information about upcoming events throughout the year on our website at HancockHistoricalMuseum.org. We're also pretty active on Facebook, and you can find some information on there as well. Very good. And uh, one other thing I want to uh, kind of uh, touch on a little bit, and it relates back to we're talking about the uh, Brown Bag Lunch Lecture and that balance between uh, historic preservation and project in any community, and you recently spoke out uh, about plans to remove a number of older homes in a neighborhood close to downtown, all a part of uh, future expansion plans for the YMCA, and certainly not to speak ill of the YMCA, I think we all love the YMCA, but uh, there have been some questions about uh, the removal of those homes, and uh, you have called for the implementation of a historic preservation ordinance in the city of Findlay. Talk a little bit about your vision of how you see that structured. Sure. Um, Well, I have the personal benefit of having seen some of this play out sort of on both sides in Mm -hmm. different municipalities. I have a background in community planning and in historic preservation. Um, And so unfortunately, Findlay lacks some of the very basic sort of foundational steps to have a functional plan for historic preservation in our community. And the very first step would be to have a local historic preservation ordinance that would give us sort of that legislative ability to designate some historic districts in our community and even historic landmarks in our community. And what that would do would give some local oversight um, to these uh, special resources in our community. So in the redevelopment efforts, Um, in new construction, at least those historic resources become a consideration. They would have a design review board and some design guidelines so that we could help to protect these resources. And um, some of those guidelines can also include things to mitigate some of the demolition by neglect when property owners just aren't maintaining these properties and they slowly decline, um, which we is certainly have a, seen a some examples yeah. of uh, of that. And you know, this is a community that kind of prides itself on the historical preservation and repurposing of historical uh, structures and historical spaces. Would this look at repurposing as well as preservation? Absolutely, and that's a big part of preservation is that adaptive reuse of historic structures. Um, And I I agree with you. I think we are a community that deeply values our local history. Unfortunately, our local um, procedure doesn't really reflect that. And it's but for the grace of a lot of um, very, of some great stewards of our historic properties that we have things like our gorgeous South Main Street homes, because they are not protected in any way um, locally. They're part of a national register historic district, but that doesn't provide any protection. And so I think people are surprised to learn that. Um, and I, I think we need to take a close look at that as a community. If we if we value these historic resources, we need to take some steps to put in some procedural um, uh, protective measures. Have you had the, these conversations with city leaders uh, about creation of uh, this kind of a board? Yeah, we're slowly starting those conversations. I had the opportunity to speak um, with the mayor as well as um, some of the staff at the Hancock Regional Planning Commission. And I think they are open to learning more about this process. Ultimately, what this requires is community support. You know, a functional plan for historic preservation really needs to be embraced by the property owners and the community at large. And that doesn't necessarily preclude expansion and growth, right? That's absolutely right. It makes historic preservation and our historic structures a a consideration in that process. Not the be-all and end-all, not the main priority, but at least a consideration. at least a consideration. And where we stand right now, it's really not even a part of the conversation. 
Again, uh, Sarah Sisser with the uh, Hancock Historical Museum with us. Uh, That is a story that we will certainly continue to follow. Again, more details about uh, upcoming events in the month of April at the website. Sarah, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A very strange situation spanning several counties in Pennsylvania early Tuesday morning after a man stole a bus, put a dead deer inside, led police on a chase, then stripped down naked before being arrested. (laughs) It's almost like this guy woke up one morning and said, how much trouble can I get into today? What a set a new record. According to the Carroll Township Police Department, shortly after authorities received a call to keep an eye out for a stolen bus, they spotted said bus with 24-year-old Tony Saunders behind the wheel. Officers say they pulled the bus over. The bus pulled over uh, near the Pennsylvania Turnpike, but shortly after pulled away, uh, leading to a police chase. Mr. Saunders then drove the vehicle into a nearby neighborhood where he exited the bus and ran from police. Officers say as Mr. Saunders ran, he stripped off his clothes until he was fully naked, running through numerous parking lots and busy traffic areas. <laughs> Just keeps getting better and better. Mr. Saunders was then arrested nude and later admitted to taking the bus earlier in the morning after crashing a BMW. <laughs> I don't know whether the BMW was his or whether he had stolen that as well. It doesn't say. Um... Saunders also admitted to placing a dead deer inside the bus and was attempting to drive it to his home so that he could use the dead deer as fertilizer for his garden. (laughs) Uh, He is uh, currently being held on charges of fleeing and eluding a police officer, receiving stolen property, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. (laughs) Further charges may be pending, I'm guessing. There might be... Some more that they decide to add later on. That is a that is a full day right there. When you've done all of that, you've had a very full day. From the international file, the broken news. In Spain, a man narrowly escaped death uh, at when he visited this local laundromat. So here's the story, and apparently there's video of this. Uh, he said he had no sooner left... The laundromat finished his laundry and left. He just seconds after he walked out the door, uh, a clothes dryer suddenly burst into a ball of flames, blowing the door off and blowing the window out of the laundromat, tearing the sign off the building. A dryer exploded. So what happened? Well, the uh, superintendent of the local fire and rescue service says that someone left a butane lighter in their pants pocket before throwing it into the clothes dryer. And that did not end well. Butane, obviously, is extremely flammable. That's why they put them in lighters. But in a clothes dryer, led to an explosion. They say this is not the first time that this has happened. They've had similar incidents with uh, batteries that have been like vaping devices. Uh, that have been left in people's uh, pockets and tossed into the uh, dryer. Um, the message, always check your pockets. Wow. Like I said, apparently there's a video of this. Blew the door off the dryer and the windows out of the laundromat. 
Uh, doesn't say, I don't believe anybody was seriously hurt, but whew, man, some uh, really scary moments there. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, this uh, from the international file as well, from Singapore, an executive with the Casino Regulatory Authority is now facing jail time. Now, you think he's an executive with the Casino Regulatory Authority, so what could the crime be? Maybe bribery, maybe, uh, you know, there's a skimming scheme going on that he was in on or something like that. Well, no, this is much less nefarious. He uh, pled guilty to misappropriating 750 printer cartridges at his workplace. (laughs) Apparently, he absconded with hundreds of printer cartridges and sold them online. (laughs) The Casino Regulatory Authority. Hey, if you're going to get in a a scheme to uh, make money on the sides, that's make it worth it. You know what I mean? Anyway, apparently... uh, uh, Zukilfi Jakob had been doing this between April of 2016 and October of 2018 before he got caught. The value of the cartridges, nearly $100,000. Apparently, the uh, regulatory agency grew suspicious after noticing the number of cartridges used did not seem to match the number purchased. Uh, Mr. Jakob apparently used the money Uh, from the sales of the absconded printer cartridges to pay his bills and other expenses. (laughs) At least he wasn't feeding a gambling habit, you know. Casino regulatory authority, but still, not a good thing. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Every parent has probably, uh, probably has a similar story where you're in a rush in the morning, you're packing your kid's lunch, and uh, you end up putting something in your kid's lunch that, really doesn't belong there. Uh, A uh, dad, I'm not sure exactly where uh, this is. This is an online story. This is uh, today's viral story. Uh, A dad on TikTok at Money Man Myers confessed (laughs) that he was rushing to his son's school, or he confessed to having to rush to his son's school after he realized he accidentally put a can of Guinness beer in his Son's lunchbox <laughs> instead of a bottle of sparkling water. <laughs> That's a pretty big oops. Is in the kid to school with a, a can of beer. Um, in his defense, he said both cans are black with a gold design and white lettering. So now I've got to go to pick up my kid from school and try to explain the situation. <laughs> uh, the uh, comments, uh, a lot of people could commiserate with this uh, dad all in a panic in the comment section on the video. Uh, One person said, my mom once packed me a wine cooler for lunch. (laughs) It was a strawberry flavor. And uh, another person uh, once said that they uh, were in a rush one morning and sent their kid to school with cat treats. So (laughs) if you've ever done that, don't feel bad. You are not alone. And, um, couple of other items in the uh, broken news. A jogger, an animal, a couple of animal-related uh, stories. A jogger on a trail in rural Maine found herself being chased by a cow, according to police. Uh, while on an afternoon run on March 31st in Farmington, Maine, a 43-year-old woman uh, got charged by a cow, according to the Farmington Police Department. 
The animal barreled into her, flinging her into the air with its horns. The uh, woman escaped by running into some nearby trees for cover and calling 911. An ambulance dispatched to the scene to evaluate her injuries, uh, which were turned out to be just minor. Uh, the cow's owner captured the bovine after arriving at the scene. <laughs> the police reports note that a large pig was also involved. <laughs> a large pig was also involved. This is my favorite line of the story. <laughs> but they they were uh, they were arrested, I guess, in a manner of speaking. They were taken taken back to their pen. And finally, uh, once again, proving that no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, a woman in Berlin, Maryland, said she rescued an owl that was in the road only to be attacked later by said owl. The couple was traveling uh, just through the uh, on a rural road when they noticed the owl, which they had assumed had been hit by a car there in the middle of the road. The couple stopped and placed the injured bird in their car, taking it to the Ossetig National Seashore. Uh, figuring the park rangers there could assist. When the woman went to pick the owl up again to remove it from the car, it latched its talons into her arms and refused to let go. Now, according to the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey, great horned owls can have a grip strength of over 500 PSI with talons up to three inches long. Yikes! The Park Service said the owl refused to let go of the woman. Luckily, a park ranger found uh, like a blanket and covered the bird, which calmed it down. And eventually the owl eased its grip and she could get her uh, arms free. The uh, woman reportedly treated at the scene uh, did not have to be taken to the hospital. But my goodness, the owl transported to the Tri-State Bird Rescue in Newark, Delaware it is recovering but uh, man you think you do a good deed ungrateful owl crazy there you go uh, that is today's broken news report an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming finley's andy ritz on becoming a finley rotarian after 35 years working as a pediatrician in finley i wanted to give back to the community but not at my job but as a service that would reach many people the best way to do this was for me to join finley rotary and that's what i did in february of 2022 to become part of an organization that brings together business professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Findlay Rotary at findlayrotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, spring is allergy season for millions of people. And how much does this disrupt the lives of people with spring allergies? According to a new survey of 2,000 adults with allergies, nearly one-third, 31% of those in the survey would be willing to take a pay cut at their job uh, in exchange for being allergy-free. Um, some of the other things that people would be willing to part with for a full year to be rid of their allergy symptoms, uh, 39% said that they would do without chocolate. Uh, another 39% said cake. They would give up cake. You know, those sweet treats. <laughs> 39% said they would give up video games. Uh, 
for a year to be able to be allergy-free. This is serious. 38% would give up coffee for a year in exchange to be allergy-free. 36% would give up social media, although that's not a hard sell, I would think. And about two in five, 39% of people dread the spring season because of their allergies overall, 39%. Uh, This uh, survey, which was conducted by one poll on behalf of Flonase, found that people consider allergy symptoms to be the most frustrating part of springtime. 54% said that. 44% said spring cleaning is the most frustrating part of the season. And uh, 38% cited filing taxes. We're getting into crunch time for that now. And uh, 41% said mosquitoes are the things they look, the return of the mosquitoes, the thing that they look forward to the least. Uh, about the spring season allergies right up there for millions of people. So happening around town at the end of the week, it is a Holy Week tradition. We have details this morning on the St. Mark's Band of Brothers and Sisters Good Friday Community Breakfast. Bruce Von Beck from uh, St. Mark's, the Band of Brothers and Sisters, with us in the studio this morning. Bruce, thanks very much for uh, Good by. morning. And uh, happy Easter. Happy uh, to Easter you. to you. Thank you for uh, having me. So the Good Friday uh, Community Breakfast has been going on for years and years and years. It started back in the 1960s at the Y. The Y men had it mm-hmm. and held it continually. And then in the 1990s, I think they had an extensive renovation. Yeah. And they got rid of the kitchen. So it came to St. Mark's. Some of the guy, a lot of guys, and many of the guys were also members of St. Mark's. The, yeah, so they the brought it to St. Yeah. Mark's. And, uh, and it's been going on uh, yeah. ever since. Except for the pandemic, we had a right. break, and then yeah. in 20, we brought it back. Well, we don't count the pandemic. No, it we, doesn't it was, count. Everything was canceled during everything the pandemic. Everything was canceled. Everything so was canceled. So we, we don't count that. But uh, So it's been a longstanding uh, yeah. tradition, and yeah. um, and, and it is a, is a big thing. I mean, the, uh, the breakfast, you have a, a guest speaker. The mayor is going to be the, the guest speaker. Mayor Mern will be there. Yeah. She'll be sharing how her faith helps her in being a community leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allsburg Smith will be playing music during the breakfast, which um, is being catered by Jack Winans and we serve coffee. So we think of uh, dinner and a show. This is breakfast. It's breakfast and a show (laughs) at no additional charge. Yeah. Um, And what I think is interesting uh, about this, and we uh, talk about the uh, reason for the the, uh, Good Friday breakfast, um, it is a fundraiser, and in this case, you're raising money for for uh, a habitat for habitat humanity, for a possible building. Now, tell us a little bit about this, uh, because I think this is really interesting for those who are not. I think we're all familiar with habitat yeah. for humanity, but the yeah. Apostle Build uh, specifically. This is where Apostle Build involves twelve churches that come together and raise funds to provide the labor for a house, mm-hmm. and it'll start in August. It runs about six weeks. So all funds will be donated to that cause. And uh, St. Mark's is uh, participating with this along with um, how many other? other, 11 other churches. 11 other churches uh, to build uh, a a home, which, you know, what a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing, uh, you know, fellowship and and outreach to the community. Yeah, looking forward. I'm going to participate myself. (laughs) Do you have a job that you're looking forward to? Something in food. What's that? Something in food. Something in food. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so give us all of the uh, details on the uh, breakfast itself. It is happening, obviously, on Good Friday. Friday. Doors open at 730. Mm-hmm. 
the breakfast starts at eight. Allsburg Smith will be playing piano during that time. Mm-hmm. Then the program will go on. Um, tickets are ten dollars. You can get those at the door, or if you call our church office, we'll get your name and have it there. And our church office phone number is four one nine four two two four two three six. And again, the hours are open. Doors open at seven thirty. Breakfast okay. starts at eight. Direct started at, yes. at eight, um, and our address is eight hundred South Main. Yeah, Street. and you're in the you're in the dock there. Yes, uh, in the dock, at, uh, the building James behind the Marsh. church. Mm-hmm. So just follow the, all of the other people that are walking in. I, yes. Do you know how many people you? I don't mean to put you on the uh, on the spot. Oh, that's with okay. It. How many people you serve uh, for this? I mean, we had a I think a hundred last year. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, a lot of people. Good crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, uh, yeah. it is all for a, a great cause. And uh, if folks, by the way, you know, again, we talk about the the this benefiting the Apostle Bill locally mm-hmm. uh, through Habitat for Humanity. That is really uh, what the Band of Brothers and Sisters uh, organization is all about. I we, mean, it's we we meet very twice similar. A, yeah, we meet the, twice a month for breakfast. Mm-hmm. We met. We serve coffee and now scramblers, mm-hmm. but we do this each each year, and it's our way of serving. It it, it is uh, helping those yeah. uh, who are unhoused or underhoused yeah. is one yeah. of the uh, biggest. Uh, yeah, and they have to provide. Um, I think sweat equity. Mm-hmm. And stuff. They have to provide yeah. so many hours yeah. towards the house, but it's everybody coming together yeah. for a very good cause. It's a uh, great cause. Uh, aligns very nicely with what uh, you do with the uh, Band of Brothers and Sisters yeah. organization at St. Mark's. And yeah. uh, we have some more details uh, about the event uh, at our webpage. Go to uh, goodmornings.net. But uh, remember the Good Friday community breakfast, great way to, uh, uh, to kick off the observance of uh, Easter. Uh, Bruce Von Beck again from uh, St. Mark's with us this morning. Bruce, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you for having me. Again, goodmornings.net to learn more. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Once again, a reminder, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, even before the pandemic upended the labor market, this generation of workers much less likely to stay with a single company their entire career. So, how do top companies keep top talent? We'll talk employalty for a new age of work. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.